The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. had church this morning. <laughs> it's a great, great introduction, Dr. Brian. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> when pastor asked me if I would bring the word this morning, I, I, of course, went to prayer. And what came to my mind was a verse that the Lord gave me over 40 years ago. He gave me this word one night when I was crying out to him, when I was asking him to baptize me in his Holy Spirit. And I got this verse. It's Psalm 4610. It's be still and know that I am God. I'm sure it's a familiar verse, but I want to take a look at the words of that verse. Because words, words are my love language, words are my spiritual gifting, and the word of God is my lifeline. You know, Pastor Preston always likes to break down words for us, and we're going to look at a couple of words that are in that verse today. When the Lord gave me that word that night, I became still, and then I began praying in the Spirit. And for many months after that, every time I'd be praying or doing something, that verse would come when I knew it was going to be time that he was going to pray in his spirit through me. So it became a very, very special verse to me. But it's more than just a verse. It's my life's journey to be still and know him. And already this morning, every part of the service has talked about knowing him the songs, the prayer for the children, the grace, the abiding, the, the relationship. That's what knowing him is. For years, I knew about him, but I didn't know him. So let's break down the words in this powerful verse. The first two words are, be still. That's an action verb. Being still is actually an action. It's an intentional action. There's not a lot of stillness in the world today. And I'm not a very still person. <laughs> My niece is shaking her head. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doer. I mean, when I'm watching TV, I'm doing three things. I, I never just sit and be still. So I guess God knew that's why I needed that verse. And... There's so much noise in the world today. Have any of you ever said to your child, be still? Or to someone else, your husband, your wife, your friend. Do you ever say that to them when, they're, when you've got their attention? We usually say that when we're wanting to get their attention. We're wanting to say something to them that they understand. We sometimes grab their little face and say, be still. Look in my eyes and listen. <laughs> Parents know that. 
that action. I'm reminded of a word that Pastor Preston shared about last week, seek. There's another action where we need to be intentional. Now, to be still and to seek could be requiring the same thing of us, positioning ourselves to receive something. Pastor said that's what seeking means. When we're seeking God, we're positioning ourselves to receive something from him. That's the same thing that happens when we be still. We are positioning ourselves to receive what he has for us. When he spoke that word to me that night, then I was in a position to receive a gift from him. If we want to hear his voice, we need to be still. We need to be giving him our full attention. In Daniel 9.3, Daniel is praying and he's repenting for his nation. Then he said, so I turned my attention to the Lord. There is another intentional action. There needs to be a lot of intention involved if you're going to learn something, if you're going to get to know someone. You know, we, we can say, oh, I know Chris. I go to church with him. But do I really know him? Do I even know what he likes to do in his spare time? Do I know what his favorite color is? Do I know what his favorite food is? I really don't know, even know much about him. But we use that word, yeah, I know him. But then there are some here. I know April. I spend a lot of time with her. I talk to her. I listen to her. So I can truthfully say I know her. I don't know her as well as her daughter or her husband, but I do know her. And I think sometimes we use that word so loosely. I know the Lord. I know God. I know Jesus. How many people in this nation call themselves Christians? But do they really know God? Do they really know Jesus? So when God wants our attention, maybe he says things like we say to our children, be still. God wants us to understand something. He wants us to understand his heart. He wants us to really know him, to have a relationship with him. He asks us to be still and to make a conscious effort to quiet our hearts and spend time with him. That's how we will get to know his character. We will get to know his heart. We will be able to respond to his love. A young lady was sharing a testimony with me just a few weeks ago about she wanted to get to know God. She wanted, she wanted to be a Christian, but she's like, but I don't, I don't know what he's like. I don't know if I can trust him. She says, I know you. I know, I know what you do. I know what you like, but I don't know him. And the Lord met her one night at a teen camp. And she said, God, what are you like? And he said, I like to help people. 
and that put her at ease. She's like, oh, she didn't know his character. Now she's learning to know his character. How do we do that? How do we get to know his character? Well, being still denotes a ceasing of activity in order to concentrate on something important. There are times when I need to cease all of that activity that I truly do enjoy. And I need to just be still. Now, some people like to have music going when they're alone with God. I don't even want music because if I hear a song, then I start singing. Or it reminds me of a situation. And then pretty soon I'm worshiping, which is fine, but I'm still not being still. It's very hard for many of us to be in a place where we are totally still, where there's an absence of activity, where there's an absence of noise, where there's an absence of somebody talking to us. We like to come to church and hear pastor tell us what the word says, but how much time do we spend just being still and letting God speak to us through his word? These are all little hints of how to be still. When I was praying about this message and thinking this is what I was going to share, an old friend posted a video on Facebook that just kind of, I, I went, wow, even the world's talking about being still. This was an article called, How Does Silence Affect the Brain? So I'll just give you, for those of you that, that like to have these things, I'll give you some little scientific knowledge of the importance of silence. Silence helps activate the brain, the part of the brain that helps the transfer of information from short-term to long-term memory. I like that one. You ever have trouble saying, oh, I can remember this, this, and then a week later you can't remember it? Maybe you need to be quiet for a while. Silence helps reveal an individual's potential. If we're always hearing noise and always doing, we, we don't understand some of the things that even God's trying to show us. It activates cells that help in the formation of emotions. It helps relieve stress and tension. I think we all know that. Sometimes we just need to get out of the noise and relax. Silence produces new cells in the hippocampus. I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's a key brain region for learning and memory. So the, if we're constantly in noisy situations, it can even affect our memory and our learning. And it helps move the brain into sorting mode for gathering and processing information. I know there's many times where I've had to just, you know, like at night when you're supposed to be sleeping and it's finally quiet, then all these thoughts come and then I'm able to sort them and get them in the proper position. I find it interesting that science so often discovers truths that have been in God's word forever. You know, that, that science is doing this research and they've discovered that there's value 
in silence. Now, when God tells us to do something, it's always, always for our benefit. Like when he tells us to seek or when he tells us to be still. So I like to pay special attention to verses where he's speaking to my behavior or my thought pattern. This word has everything we need for life. And if we study it, and then we dissect it, and then we listen to his Holy Spirit, we're going to find whatever it is that we need. I've learned that. The devil's only road to access in your life is through your mind. He can't come and make you hit somebody. He can't come and make you hate somebody. He can't make you do anything. He can only put thoughts. And then you always have a choice on how to react to those thoughts. So we need to remember that he may attempt to sabotage this time of stillness. Perhaps with crazy thoughts, sometimes even bizarre thoughts. So you must know that God is not telling us here to empty our mind. He's not telling us to meditate and go into nothingness. He's talking about spending time with him in prayer and in the word. Spending time listening with your spirit. Time reading and concentrating on the word. Now, I've never been one that's able, been, and I'm going to confess this, I've never had this quiet Bible study prayer time every morning. Many mornings I do. Sometimes it's in the evening. Sometimes it's not every day. But when I do, then it needs to be intentional. It needs to be and I need to be alone. It's hard even like when Bill and I are there together. I, I just, I need that total alone, total quiet, total still. Then I can be noisy if I want to. <laughs> um, I can sing. I can dance. I can just sit in silence. So I'm not going to give you a formula of how you do this. Because that's between you and God. But he'll show you. If you ask him, he'll show you. And reading the word. I love to read books. I love all kinds of books. I love, I love romance. I love mystery. I love action. I love books about the word, about Christian walk. I, 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 love, I love words. But the best book is this book right here. This is the only book that's totally true, never changes, and like I said, has everything that we need for life. And before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a lot of it that didn't make sense. You know, I knew, I grew up in a church. I went to church and Sunday school my whole life. I knew that God's word was true. That much I learned. I knew a lot about him. I knew he loved me. I knew he was good. But I didn't know him. I didn't have that relationship, and my, my spirit was not alive because I didn't know him. 
But after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, every time I opened this book, it's like he was talking right to me. And if you're not there yet, ask him. Ask him to open the eyes of your understanding that you might know the nature of the hope to which you've been called, that you might know and understand with all the saints what is the fullness of his love for us believers, that you might know that hope that comes from knowing him. Have you ever met somebody and at first you just thought, I don't really care for that person. I don't really care to get to know them. And then maybe later they became your best friend. What changed? Anybody want to answer? What, what's the difference between from when you first met them and then later when they're your friend? You got to know them. You spent time with them. You found out why they do things the way they do them. Maybe at first you thought, well, that's kind of weird. They always do that. Then later you understand. I like to, when I'm out shopping or in grocery store, I find myself looking at people and wondering about them. I wonder what their life is like. I wonder why they're buying that. Am I just weird or what? But <laughs> or I'll see them buying something that I wouldn't ever buy. And then I remember somebody else I know that buys that. And I think, well, maybe they're like them. There's a reason why we do things that we do. And we won't understand one another unless we spend time with them. If I go shopping with you and you're buying that, I go, why are you buying that? And you can explain it to me. Just little things like that. But that's what happens when we get to know God. When we first, we could, you could come to church here and you hear Pastor or Brian or myself or Bill, you know, talking about something that God did in their life, and you're like, well, that was kind of weird. Why would he do that? But then when you go home and you're in a situation and you start asking God about it, he either shows you something in his word or he drops something into your heart, and then you're ready to share, hey, guess what God did for me? Then you realize, hey, I know that about God now. I know that he's my healer. One way to get to know God and get to know his character is to get to know his names. One, if you don't know how to start this process of getting to know him, do a study on the names of God. With the internet now, you can find all of that stuff. I used, I used to have to get this big library with all these big books and look them all up. <laughs> I couldn't find a book I needed the other day, and I went, oh, just Google it. <laughs> there it was. Get to know his names. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. He's always there with you. He never leaves you. Jehovah Rapha, he's my healer. Get to know him as your healer. If it's his name, that's who he is. He can't be anything apart from his name. I mean, if that's Bill, that's Bill. If you say Bill, Bill's going to answer. If you say, Bill, don't be Bill today. Be Bob. <laughs> he can't. He can't not be Bill. 
Well, God can't not be God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I am whatever you need. I am. So you can't say, well, which is the best name for God? They're all God. And whatever you need, that's what he is for you today. The second part of Psalm 4610, we didn't look at that word. I've talked about it, but the word no. I'll give you the Old Testament and New Testament words that are translated no. The Old Testament word is yada, Y-A-D-A. And it means to know by observing and reflecting, to know by experiencing. To know God is to have an intimate, experiential knowledge of him. You can't know him because mom and dad know him. You can't know him because I'm telling you that he's good. You have to experience that yourself. That's the only way you're going to really know him. And the word translated know in the, in the New Testament is ginosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O. That means to come to know, to recognize, to understand, and to know by experiencing. There again, experiencing. So to know God is to have an intimate, experiential knowledge of him. Ganasco also means to understand completely. What is known is of value or importance to the one who knows. And hence the establishment of relationship. It's important for you to get to know him, and it's important to him to get to know you. And that's how a relationship is developed. If I want to get to know you, I'm going to make an effort to spend time with you. If you don't want to get to know me, then that's going to be a bother to you. So it's going to have to be important to you also to want to spend time with me. Well, we already know it's important to God. So the choice now is on our side. Do we want to respond to his call for us to get to know him? And not just, remember, not just knowing about him. Like I said, I grew up going to church, going to Sunday school. I knew all about God. But one day a friend was visiting, and he asked Bill and I a question. He said, well, do you know that when you die you're going to heaven? We could not answer that. We said, well, nobody really knows. I hope so. I'm trying to be good. I go to church. I hope I am. And he looked at us, and then he laughed. He said, well, you know what? If you don't know, then you probably aren't. I went, what? <laughs> he said, you can know, and you need to know. And that's what started us on our search. We said, what? We've been in church all, nobody ever told us this before. They never told us we had to know that we were going to heaven. How do we go to heaven? Well, Jesus died for me. 
So I hope I am. But as I started reading and studying, we discovered that, yes, Jesus died for me. But then he said, you must receive what I've done for you. He died for the world, but the world is not saved. I can give you a gift, but if you don't receive it and open it, you never have it. And that's what, why that one night after reading a book and reading all the scriptures about this, I cried out to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I want everything you have for me. I don't understand it yet, but I know you've got it for me, and I want it. And I got it. <laughs> when we seek, we find. On a side note, the kid, Kingdom Kids upstairs today are beginning a study on knowing God and learning the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. So if you've got kids up there, you can talk about this message with them too. I guess that's what's been on my heart this month, the fact that I, I know the kids need to learn that too. So to know God is to come into an intimate relationship with him. Intimacy always produces fruit. The same word for knowing God in the Old Testament is where it said Eve knew her husband, and she brought forth a son. Knowing in a marital relationship produces children. Knowing in a spiritual relationship with God should produce fruit. If we spend time with Jesus, we should learn to be like Jesus. There's an interesting verse I'd like to look at. Uh, John 14, verses 6 and 7. John 8.32 says that you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To know the truth is freedom. The truth is Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to read the rest of that because it's very interesting with what we're talking about today. John 14, verses 6 and 7. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So how do we know God? By knowing Jesus. And he said to those who were spending time with him, he said, you're getting to know me. And because you know me, you already know God. He said that he only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father saying. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. This is kind of interesting. We do you ever experience going in some place or meeting someone and you smell a certain smell and it reminds you of something? 
just like songs bring back memories, smells bring back memories. So often Tiffany will say, you don't smell like Mimi today. Oh, what? <laughs> I wonder what Mimi's supposed to smell like. I don't know. <laughs> she has a very keen sense of smell. She will we'll be somewhere and she goes, hmm, this smells like so-and-so. I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> but let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. You can't spend time with Jesus without coming out smelling like him. He said, we're a fragrance. Where would that fragrance be coming from? We come out acting like him, loving like him. Remember, knowing something, someone intimately produces fruit that produces the fruit of the spirit in our life. If people say, oh, you have such patience, it's because you spent time with a God who's patient. And people should recognize that you are loving. I, how many people are doing things today, and they call themselves Christians, but they're living in hate? They're living in bigotry. They're living in fear. None of those things are the fruit of the Spirit. So if that was happening to me, I would have to stop and examine my life and ask, do I really know Jesus? Am I really spending time with him? If people are not experiencing his love, his joy, his peace when they're around me, then something's wrong with my relationship. In a marital relationship, you should be one. And if you enjoy being together and you spend time together, then people should know that. If I'm spending time with the gals and, and putting my husband down all the time, there's something wrong with my relationship. So if we're spending time with Jesus, we should become like him. We should begin speaking like he speaks. Just like he said, I only say what I hear the Father say. We should only be saying what we hear the Father say. That's through his word, through his spirit, through spending time in prayer. As we spend time with God, we get to know God. That's the end of that verse. Be still and know that I am God. We get to know the I am. We get to know his character, his heart, his word, his love. Like I said, if this is something that you are being inspired to do today or something you're, you're realizing, I need to, to spend more time building that relationship, one of the things you can do is do a study on the names of God. Another thing you can do is just 
be still and ask him to direct you to verse. Every time, for some reason, Isaiah has been my book of the Bible. Every time I open up and read something in Isaiah, he just opens it up to me and he makes it personal. When you're reading something in the word that says, okay, let's see. All right, Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. I can take that for myself and say, I'm not going to fret when I read all these headlines. I'm not going to be envious of people that seem to have a better life than I do. Make his word personal because that's what it is. Everything he wrote in here is for us. So when you're reading something, don't just read it like a history book. This isn't just for your enjoyment or for your knowledge of history. Everything in this word is for me, and I'm going to make it personal. And in this lifelong journey of getting to know him, remember that I said that was over 40 years ago he gave me that verse. I get to know new things every single day. It's a daily walk of getting to know him. He has revealed himself as healer. He has revealed himself to me as a provider. He has revealed himself to me as love through situations in my life. Instead of going through a situation and thinking, why is this happening to me? I'm a Christian. I love God. I have a relationship with him. That's not how I think when things happen. When things happen... I think, God, what are you showing me in this situation? When cancer attacks, he's my healer. When a job disappears, he's my provider. When friends are no longer there, when you move halfway across the country and don't know anybody, he's my love. When a child dies, He's my comforter. He's my joy in every circumstance because he never changes. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never says, well, I taught you that one a few years ago. You're on your own now. <laughs> he is so patient, and his grace is always sufficient I'd like to look at Psalm 16, verse 11, as my closing scripture. Because this is what I can say about my relationship with my God. Psalm 16, 11. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He makes known to each of us individually his plans for us. He reveals his giftings to us. He fills us with joy, notice, in his presence and with eternal pleasures at his right hand. We need to develop that relationship could I ask the music team to come back up? <laughs> Could we 
close with that song of I am who I am because who you say I am, I'll get it out yet. I am, I am who you say that I am because I am who he says I am. When you think you can't do something, find out what he says about that. When he thinks you don't have giftings, that you don't have anything to give, find out what he says. I learned long ago that I am who he says I am. And when we begin to believe that, because he says it, not because we feel like, not because I feel like I can get up here and preach, but because I know he has a word and his word is always anointed. And as I share his word, that anointing is released to every one of us. And as we believe it, we receive it, we believe it, and then we walk it out. Quit telling yourself lies and begin to tell yourself what he says about you. Spend time with him. Let's close in prayer, and then I'd like to close with this song today. Father God, I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and that you want to reveal yourself to us. You want us to know your heart. You want us to experience your love, your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, your self-control. Produce that fruit in us, Father as we spend time in your presence. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.